And I'm Amy. This is Ranked, a podcast where we rank top tens of film, TV, music, and everything in between. And today, we're kicking December off right. We're talking Christmas movies. Top tens. Amy, what's your relationship to Christmas movies? Well, you know, I'm more of the Halloween person of this duo here. I know you're more the Christmas person. So, um, but I will say, you know, I get very nostalgic when it comes to Christmas movies. And I feel like I still watch all those movies that I watched as a kid. Um, But going into this with ranking, you know, I did try to watch newer movies too, to see if any as an adult kind of sway me away from that nostalgia. So, um, you know, I checked out some Hallmark movies a little bit, which is a little out of my wheelhouse. (laughs) Um, But I have checked out some, you know, Netflix originals, Max originals. Um, so it, my, my list got a a little, a little crazy, but I think I got it figured out now. Um, Scott, I think you need to dive in though. What's your Christmas attachment? I know this is your season. This this is my season. Yep. This is, (laughs) this is my season. I, um, I love Christmas. It's like probably my single favorite holiday. Um, you're the Halloween of the duo, but that's probably like my one A and one B Christmas in (laughs) Christmas and Halloween. Um, yeah, I mean, been watching them forever. Uh, watch the classics, try out new ones. Um, you know, watch kind of the dumpy f- Netflix ones, which we just watched. We watched one recently, which I won't give away, even though it, but I will say it was horrible, even <laughs> though it had pretty well known good actors in it. Um, but then there's some that, you know, are more you're watching because, you know, you got, you know, for me, have one seven year old and, you end up watching like the kind of like the kid ones, the animated ones, you know, you're trying to show reshow the classics to the kids and hope they latch onto them. And um, yeah, I mean, it's my favorite time of the year. I just, every time the movies come on, doesn't matter if they're 24 hour marathons, I'm queuing up one of the Netflix, Disney, you know, services and just burning through the classics, going through the black and whites trying out new ones and yeah, it's going to be fun. I, I mean, we, before we, you know, when we started doing this, started talking about it and getting into it, it was like, let's just, let's just rank stuff. Like we, we love this stuff. We nerd out over it. It's perfect time in December, perfect time for holiday movies. But I think more so too, like for December, I don't know about you, but I think my list is probably going to be Christmas and this is top 10 Christmas films, but some of them are holidays and some of them span Maybe maybe there's some New Year's trickery sneaking in there, but I think for the most part, they're going to be Christmas movies. Do you find um, watching any of the nostalgic ones with your kid, do you find you have similar tastes in them or uh, does she sort of go her own direction or like more of the new stuff? She does both. She does both. I there There's 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 a. Uh, we'll get, we'll give some of like our, um, like our leftovers or honorable mentions at the end, but there, there's some that like just barely made the list. And then there's some that I show her and she's like, what is this? (laughs) It's not feeling it, but you know, she's taken to some of the, some of the classics more so than I thought she would. And others, you know, she's keeping a sneaky eye on it while she's watching like her tablet. So it's like, welcome to having a seven and a half year old. Hey, if you can get them up away from the tablet for that long, that's great. And 
I mean, I don't have children, so me, I still watch all the the youngster ones. Um, a lot of them, actually, my nostalgic ones, I can't watch until the week of Christmas because it just clicks to me like, I'm not ready for this yet. I need to watch this one right before it's happening or right when it is happening. Uh, so I, I get excited as I get closer to it, I think, even though I like to pretend I'm not sometimes. For sure. Yeah, I, I, I can't do like the Christmas movies in June. It's got to be when it's getting closer, but I've noticed it's getting closer and closer, you know, Halloween ends and it's, it's Christmas season. I'm not a Thanksgiving guy. Um, I just don't care for it at all. And, but next year, hopefully we will be doing our Thanksgiving films. Um, cause that's interesting and challenging, but fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, October, pretty much Halloween ends and it's, it's Christmas season. We're, we're getting after it. The tree's up way too earlier, you know, early than it should be, but the lights were out. You know, when it was 55 degrees. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the best best time of the year. Um, how do you really go about building a list? Do you like to have kind of like, you want like homogeny in your list? Do you want like them, do you, do you kind of, when you go build these, do you want them to be, I got these and this is what I need? Or are you like, you know what, I'm going to throw this kind of obscure one in there because it's cool and I like it, but it's not, maybe not something I return to every year. You know, I was really thinking about it this year because there's always there's the ones I rewatch every year. But, you know, you got me hooked on this app called Letterboxd as well, which um, for those who haven't (laughs) those who haven't used Letterboxd yet, it's a place where you can rank films that you've watched and date when you've watched them or if you rewatch them. Scott, I know you you could probably dive into it way more than I could, Um, but it's really got me thinking about, you know, I rewatch these movies and some of them, they're not good. I don't really tough times. I, I watch them and I'm like, this is this is awful. Why do I rewatch this every year? But it's that nostalgia that's in it. So I've really tried to think about it in that way of like, you know, these movies to me, I when I watch them, I think of Christmas time. But they're ones that I actually think are also the way I would define good, like they're entertaining or they're something that. Um, you know, I can actually sit and watch them without looking at a tablet or wanting to read my book at the same time. Um, so that's what started to build them into my list. For sure. Is yeah. And, more and that, coming from a uh, letterbox, Scott, or uh, did you sway? <laughs> I, I do have, I do have a top 25 Christmas on letterbox. So, um, you know, as we get going, I might have to be careful about how many of those lists I make or how many are <laughs> visible because that might give something away, but I mean, they change too. Like there, there's a lot of, uh, even like the top 10, this top 10 list, you know, like they, for the most part, it's going to stay that way, but depending on the year, depending on which movie you kind of get around to and which one you're watching more, like they can change, you know? And I think the fun part is like when you go back and you're, and again, I'm not like an, I'm not a super nostalgic person, but like going back and watching those movies, that's what they're there for. Especially the ones you grew up with, you have that attachment. It's kind of like, a lot of those things are kind of all when you get them. It's all when you see them. It's all when you're exposed to it. And then you try and watch it again as a teenager. And you're like, ah, this is kind of corny. And you watch it again when you're like us and you're old and you're in your mid thirties. And you're like, this is, this is, this is a banger. And some are just flat out bad. (laughs) And some are just flat out bad. Some are just flat out bad, but, but you still might love them. I actually watched one recently. I maybe I'll talk about at the end that was just, borderline unwatchable but i was it's just a slow moving car wreck it just couldn't look away i was like this is so bad and it's worse it's actually worse than i thought 
but I was like, this is hilarious that somebody made this movie. And it's like, shout out to the nineties. Cause that's when, that's when they made these movies. They didn't care. They're like, here's a big star, put them in a Christmas movie. We don't care what it does. People are going to watch it. And I don't, you don't get that much more. And if you do, it comes back to what I mentioned in the beginning was you get bad Netflix movies that are unwatchable. <laughs> and we'll give those yeah, I'm two. curious to know what those are. But back to the children, my daughter loves that movie and she watched it on our flight to Disney. <laughs> so that maybe I'm not raising her right. Well, what do you think? Should we start diving into our top 10 Let's get after it. Top 10 Christmas movies. Um, what do you think? You want to get, you want to go? Wanna sure. Want to go first with your top 10? Yeah. Uh, what you got? So starting with number 10, uh, this one is a holiday classic. I do typically start this one right after Thanksgiving because I'm still kind of in a, you know, Thanksgiving, not quite Christmas mood, but it definitely hits the Christmas feels for me. Uh, it is Die Hard. And this one, this one actually came to me later on in life. I never really got into the Die Hard movies when I was a kid, um, even though I was really into a lot of the 80s and 90s action flicks uh, when I was younger. Um, I never I, I never really saw this one. So I saw I watched this more towards uh, my 20s and my and when I was in college and everything, when people were like, you have to see it. You love Alan Rickman. You need to see this movie. Um, so I finally did. And it is so fun. It's like. It's just like gets right into like the quirky combos that people are having. You know, you have your classic holiday party and then it just dives into straight up action for the rest of the movie. And Alan Rickman as a villain. Fantastic. Top I absolutely just just love him as a villain. Um, I don't know. Have you seen Die Hard, Scott? Oh, of course. 90s action <laughs> movies. I get made fun of at home all the time because I just crush 90s action movies. Um 80s action movies, 90s action movies. Um, yeah, I mean, Die Hard is just all-time classic. And it's funny because, like, I don't... That's not a movie I watch every year for, like, Christmas. I'll, I love... Like, I'll watch a lot of those, like, in the summer. But it wasn't until I was, like, a full-grown adult that I was like, why do people keep calling this a Christmas movie? And then... Because you're, you're not watching those movies originally to be like, oh, man, what a great holiday movie. You know? It's just like you're watching it for the action and you're Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman. And you're like, this is just one of the all time greats. And, but then when you realize, you know, you're watching it and you realize people are like, this is a Christmas movie. This is a Christmas movie. And you're like, you know what? It kind of is. But yeah, when I, when I get more towards like the Christmas movies I want to watch, I don't know if I always fire up Die Hard, but now it's, I, I'll tend to go towards it a little bit more because it's funny. To, it's like you watch it and you're like, this is kind of a, a funny way to, call it a Christmas movie for sure. Yeah. You know, I think that's why it starts off my Christmas season for me. Cause for me, I, I do uh, take that time between Halloween and uh, Thanksgiving to continue on with my spooky season. So really the day after Thanksgiving is when I start kicking into gear. And so I started off with Die Hard every year now, ever since I, I started watching it. How about you, Scott? Yeah. What's your number 10? 10. Let's go. Um, all right. So it's a little bit of a cheat, but there's a funny reason why it's a cheat. <laughs> so number 10 is, uh, the all time classic 1996 TV special. Chuck Jones is, uh, how the Grinch stole Christmas. I yes. love this, uh, Dr. Seuss, you know, and the thing is, is what's funny about this is like, this is one of those perspective things because I watched this like most people our age did. And I'm sure many people watch this. 
it's on every year. You watch it as a kid. You you couldn't have told me ten years ago that this wasn't a three hour movie. It, it's like twenty five minutes. I know. <laughs> so it's more of a TV special. It's a legit TV special. And but when you're younger, this seemed like the longest Christmas movie ever made. I was like, this is great. And then you know you catch it as you get a little bit older, and you still might not pay that much attention to it. It's like it's on you know it's on TV. You know they'll play it on TBS. You're catching it in the rotation. But I, I was probably like 20 when I was like, that's only 25 minutes. That, that that was two hours when I was a kid. It's it's like what the Mandela effect there kicks in where you're like, no way. You can't tell me that's not mm-hmm. two hours long. Um, all those commercials but, back then. All the commercial. <laughs> yeah, the commercials just TBS just milking it for an hour. It's it's you know, it's like that's just the way it was. But yeah, I mean, so it's a little bit of a cheat. It's not a movie, but 25 minutes still does everything a full movie could do. Um, Boris Karloff, you know, is a Grinch, the voiceover iconic. I mean, it's what, what's better than just a Christmas hating curmudgeon who, you know, after 25 minutes realizes that, you know, being together matters more than materialism and being a part of the holidays and having a soul and it's perfect. It's, It's animation holds up. It's iconic. I think at this point, I'm pretty sure it's on a lot of people's list, but Every time I see it, you know, if it's on Netflix, that's one that definitely the little one's taken to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's bright. It's colorful. It's cheery. It's it catches the eye. Um, but yeah, every, every this one's definitely every year in the rotation. And now I think it's even better because you can stream it where you're not catching all the TBS commercials. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just it's, a, I love that it's a quick watch now. <laughs> it's a quick watch. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm not a, I'm not opposed to long, I, I'm actually a big fan of long movies, like if for a purpose. Um, I like to sit three, four hour for a movie, like if it's if it's got a reason to be that long. But yeah, there's there's no underselling the fact that every year you can throw on a Christmas classic and it's 25 minutes and it gets in and gets out and, you know. You love Whoville. It's I love it. It's it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, Scott, you know how food motivated I am. That movie, for some reason, as a kid, the food looks so good and it always Great made me hungry. I'd, I'd always have to go eat after that. And I think still to this day when I watch it, in that 25-minute span, that movie can still make me hungry. You never know. Maybe on a future top 10 food list. You never, who, who, can, <laughs> who, who knows? Great, great animated food. Animated food. I haven't tried animated food. I have tried Play-Doh food, but not animated food. Yeah. Well, how about what was your number nine, Scott? You want me to go with nine? You want to go? Yeah, go for nine. All right. Number nine. I'd say the new modern Christmas classic, 2003's Elf. Okay. Jon Favreau, Will Ferrell. 20th year anniversary. Let's really feel old. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I graduated high school in 04. So 03, 20 years. Woof. But yeah, no, I, Elf is, Elf is probably like in the lexicon now of like Christmas movies. Like it's, okay. It's always in rotation. It's always up on streaming around this time. It's back in theaters for the 20th anniversary, which is, you gotta love you love to see all the 20th anniversaries, 30th anniversaries being put back in theaters. Oh, I yeah. I came I came around a little late to Elf because I don't get me wrong, it's hilarious. I mean, Will Ferrell's just committing to the bit. And 
I love James Conn and James Conn just being just a mean bastard that he is. It's like, you just can't, you need the angry curmudgeon who, who, you know, learns the Christmas lesson at the end. It's like, just, it's gotta be there. Um, but also, you know, it's just got Zoe Deschanel. It was lovely. Yeah. Eating, eating people alive. Um, I love great her version cameos. Of Baby, it's cold outside. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Probably makes that song not creepy. <laughs> you know, she probably makes it sweet, you know, um, great cameos by Ed Asner, Bob Newhart, funny connection in the movie, funny connection in the movie with, uh, Peter Billingsley, who plays, you know, the classic Ralph, uh, Ralphie, um, <laughs> plays an adult elf, which is hilarious. And, you know, he's worked with Favreau and stuff. So, you know, that's kind of like a little throwback touch there, but, um, yeah, I mean, Elf is, it's hilarious. I, I mean, you know, just great lines. Will Ferrell just really, you would never realize that's an actor. I mean, mid-2000s Will Ferrell committing to the comedy bits is like just gold. And I definitely, I, I'll double down. I think it's, I think it's probably the most recent like Christmas classic that people would be like you gotta watch that one that one's fun it's funny it's charming it's got great characters or great actors in it great characters you could throw it on you're having a ball and again another one that the kid just loves thinks is hilarious loves to see this pop tarts and spaghetti yeah i was gonna ask you do you um is it part of a tradition when you watch it to eat spaghetti smothered in maple syrup uh, no, no, there will be none of that in this house, but it's whimsical. It's charming. I love it. That's my nine. 2003 right. elf. <laughs> um, well, my nine is another classic that I feel like may not be as well known, um, I didn't really know about it until my brother gave it to me for Christmas on DVD. And I was like, oh, you know, I didn't know if I would like it or not. And I ended up loving it. Just the storyline itself. It's a it's it's pretty silly. Um, so my number nine is Trapped in Paradise. Have you ever seen Trapped in Paradise, Scott? Yeah. <laughs> Listen. OK, so let me jump in real quick. So Trapped in Paradise, I was going to have on this list. It's on my top 25 on Letterboxd. I was going to have it as an honorable mention. I'm going to let you talk about it and then I'll, and then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll jump in with some thoughts. You're, you're the best for putting this on your top 10 list. Well, so for anybody who hasn't seen Trapped in Paradise, definitely, if you like just like a lighthearted comedy, it's totally worth watching. It's, you know, Nick Cage in his finest, uh, John Lovitz and Dana Carvey. Um, and basically they're brothers who go to this small town. Uh, they learn that there's, you know, a, a big, big amount of money in the bank vault that they can take with them. Um, but their car breaks down on the way and people in this town are just so polite and nice to them uh, after they rob the place that they feel so bad for robbing them uh, that they're debating if they should give the money back or not. And um, it's, it's just really funny. It's, it's totally worth watching. Um, I, I, st I don't ever find it on st streaming anywhere. So I keep that DVD so that I can make sure that I watch it every year. 
Um, but Scott, yeah, chime in. What's I would love to hear your thoughts because you're one of the first people I've ever heard that's actually seen this besides me and my brother. I, yeah, this <laughs> that's that's just an amazing pick. And I, I'm dead serious when I say this. I rented that movie 45 times. That movie's <laughs> batshit. I have no idea why it was made. Nick Cage, John Lovitz, and Dana Carvey. Like, who even thought to put that? That is the most like early 90s right. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> And make them brothers. <laughs> and made them brothers. They look nothing alike. It's just utterly ridiculous. And this is what this was kind of what I was what kind of getting at with like the early '90s, late '80s, early '90s. Like they, they were making these movies, and like a lot of studios were making these movies where they're just like, "Here's three famous people. Let's put them in a Christmas movie." It makes no sense. This movie mm-hmm. is horrible. I love this movie. Like I watched that so many times as a kid. Dana Carvey's just doing an extended SNL sketch. I have no oh, idea yeah. what that voice is he's doing. John Lovitz is just weird. He's just doing the John. He's playing John Lovitz. You know, it's like <laughs> and Nick Cage is like being Nick, Nick Cage. Cage. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> the whole concept of the movie is like just nuts. It, it just is silly. But it's one of those movies that I've rented so many times because I was like, this is so dumb. It's so funny. It's still sweet. It still has like charm to it. And it is a bona fide Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. And I use yeah I, I I loved that movie. I didn't want to put it on my top ten because I had other ones, but also like you said, I I haven't seen this on streaming. I've never I don't think I've ever seen this on a streaming service. I don't even know if you can go rent it. I haven't tried to go look it up and rent it. I don't know if I would pay real dollars to rent it, but I might have to if it's on there because I well, love that movie and it's terrible. I do have a DVD, Scott, and you know I'm food motivated, so if y'all ever want to have a dip night and make me some of those fabulous dips that your family makes, I will totally bring the DVD over for free in exchange for dips, and we can watch it. (laughs) Yeah. Trapped in Paradise. Yeah. That's, that's a banger. That's, that's, that's obscure because I, I, you could probably mention that movie to 30 people and they'd be like, huh? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, you know, the Dana Carvey, Nick Cage, John Lovitz movie. They'd be like, what? Those people <laughs> made a movie together? And it's delightful. It's 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 hilarious. And see, this that's is a, why all our conversations at the ice cream stands would get off the off the rails because we'd, yes. we'd like realize yes. we both watched a lot of these obscure things. <laughs> yep. That was one. And I'll say real quick, because for, you know, once we get going here. You know, some people are, you know, blockbuster, video king. You know, you got your movie stores. And about the time I was probably in seventh, eighth grade is when I could kind of like really start hitting up those stores by myself. You know, you get dropped off. You know, my parents stayed in the car and I'd go in and they had a five for five. Video King had a five for five. Mm -hmm. And you could go rent five old movies for five dollars. And as long as they weren't new releases, you were good. You know, IDN was a bit sketchy then. They've pretty much like, is your parent in the car? And you're like, yes. And you're like, okay, you're good. You can rent Reservoir Dogs. But these were those movies where you would find just walking around the store. And now, you know, you're basically scrolling for those. And they're some of them might be equally as bad. Some of you are going to find gems. You might find new ones that you end up watching every year or no matter what it is, you're going to find, they're going to find their way in the rotation no matter what. But yeah, this was probably one of those movies I found walking around. I mean, I was a big SNL guy, so maybe the Carvey thing, but this was probably one of those movies I found walking around. I was like, I haven't rented this. This looks cool. It's a Christmas movie. It's got these guys in it. Like, sure. Why not? And it's hilarious. It's, I, I love that movie. That's awesome that you put that as on your top 10 Christmas movies of all time. 
Yeah, I mean, my brother and I are, were both really into movies growing up. Um, and my, my brother's 18 years older than I am, too. So he would get me into a lot of different stuff uh, from the 80s and ni early 90s. Um, but yeah, he, he was gold with this DVD. This was fantastic. And I've had this on my shelf ever since he bought it for me. That's a Christmas relic. If you own that DVD, mm -hmm. that's a Christmas relic that should be never untouched, put back in <laughs> plastic wrap, put on the shelf. You just show it off every year. Like, look what I got. The trading, the, uh, the, that completely it can, just it, it can hibernate and, and thaw out the same time as Mariah Carey every year. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's right up there. Solid trapped in paradise. What a, what a banger. What do you think? Dive into number eight. Yeah. All right. My number eight, another all time classic movie, classic comedy movie. And maybe one of the, just the dirtiest, grimiest Christmas movies, just from a visual standpoint. Uh, 1983, John Landis is trading places, Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. Oh, yeah. Um, I always Jamie forget Lee about Curtis. that movie. <laughs> oh, one of my favorites, Jamie Lee Curtis. Hilarious. Hilarious Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. Probably one of my top Eddie Murphy movies. Um, another one I watched a hundred times. Like, and, and I, this was actually one of the first, the first time that I got a DVD player, I had the movie blue streak with Martin Lawrence for some reason and trading places and trading places was like my all time favorite movie at the time. Um, it's, it's hysterical. Um, Ralph Bellamy and Don Amici, just two all time classic guys playing just dickhead brothers, just capitalist assholes who are like, let's just flip these people's lives on their heads and turn one into a bougie millionaire and the other one into a homeless vagabond. And, again Eddie Murphy this was like him coming off of SNL and just he was on fire you couldn't find somebody hotter than Eddie Murphy he was like in his young 20s and Aykroyd was the guy and you put them two together with Jamie Lee Curtis and you're like this is just hilarious Philadelphia great Philadelphia movie I say I, in the beginning you know I say it's like kind of one of the grimiest and dirtiest because they didn't really shine it up. It, it's it's ugly. Like it's it's dirty. It's the winter. It's got that like, hey, we live in like the Northeast. Like the snow's gray, and the tires are muddy. It's not like the pristine Hallmark shiny snow movies where it's just like flakes being thrown around. Like this is just kind of gritty, and iconic lines. You know. Eddie Murphy just in, in jail, just doing the special unit battalion battalion. Yeah, it was real hush hush. There's some of the funniest shit ever in a movie in this movie. And, you know, it's you got one playing a commodity broker and one as a street hustler. And it's like sitting in the pitch room for that is just perfect. And it's like at that time, who else would you have in it? You'd have Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd and maybe one of the more grotesque scenes in this is uh dan Aykroyd on down on his luck just eating a piece of salmon through a santa dirty santa suit made me maybe not want to eat salmon for like 15 years watching watching that visual but yeah i i, I return to this every single year every year i try to watch training places i own it now digitally it's like arguably one of the funniest movies ever and as far as christmas movies it's 
lights out. Yeah, I feel like Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy made up a lot of our childhood with all the different movies that they did anyway. And, you know, Bill Murray's in there, too. Can't forget about him. But, yeah, they yep. they were they were across all of it. That was a good pick. I didn't even think about that one. It, it, it's too, it's like, it's like one of those things. It's like, it's really hard because like, I think a lot of Christmas movies, I feel like a lot of them maybe, and maybe not the classics because they're the classics for a reason. But I think a lot of times when people try to set out to make a Christmas movie, they tend to be forced. There tends to kind of be like, almost like really like specifically placed jokes or the, depending on who's in it, maybe isn't a traditional comedy actor and they kind of just seem like a Christmas movie, but they're like, they're just, they're just there and they're, they're forgettable. They're a reason why we're not watching them every year. This is a hilarious movie that just is at Christmas. And there's a, you know, when you get somebody like an Eddie Murphy and you get somebody like a Dan Aykroyd, they're just two guys that are just throwing a hundred miles an hour every single time they're committed to it. You know, Eddie Murphy with, uh, you know, Eddie Murphy just, lighten it up every time he's there dan Aykroyd playing one of just the best snobbiest you know polo club assholes imaginable and Aykroyd probably was considered maybe like more of like a goofball in those days he wasn't kind of even really that guy but he just played it perfectly and i just love that movie it's like the line the lines are just every year love it Honestly, one of my favorite parts, Don Amici and Ralph Bellamy at the end when they're like getting dragged out of the stock exchange because Aykroyd and Murphy got over on them. And, you know, the one brother like grabs his chest and like starts rolling on the floor and he just Don Amici says, fuck him. (laughs) And he just doesn't care about his brother anymore. And I guess there was a funny story behind that because Don Amici was like born again and like didn't want to swear. And they were he was like, I'll give it to you. I'll give I'll do it once. And like that was, I think, like the whole story behind it. So it's just like hearing Don Amici, classic Don Amici, you know, cocoon and like, he, you know, all these great roles. And it's like hearing him just do that. It's hysterical. I, I that, definitely is, watch this every every year. I think that's a rule in movies, too, that you can you're like allowed one F-bomb or something in a movie and I think in PG-13. Iconic. OK, that's I think in PG-13. But yeah, that's that's a. Trading Places is a very much a rated R movie. <laughs> it's yeah, very much a rated R movie, but it's I love that movie. <laughs> You're number eight, right? Yeah. So um, my number eight is also maybe a little bit of an obscure one, but I I always think Christmas time when I watch this movie, and it's a classic from the '90s uh, that I watched as a kid that has just stuck with me um, over the years, and. I, I always watch it in the wintertime. Um, Edward Scissorhands. Um, I, I love this movie. I, I love the origin story of where the town started to get snow and how it never snowed until this. Um, I love the, the like views of, you know, your, uh, your strange suburban town, but like, that's kind of, the way people were in the town, it was pretty accurate to what it was like. You had your Avon lady coming around. Um, you had some of your people that were a little wild and out there. Uh, you had, you know, your your rebel teenagers going around. Um, you know, Anthony Michael Hall not playing a nerd for a movie, just like he's instead, you know, the bully of the group. Um, Winona Ryder and Johnny Depp, just it's it's just a beautiful movie. I love it, um, and just the idea of it 
uh, you know, how, how Edward Scissorhands is built and why he only has scissors for hands. Um, and the different ways that people are like, you know, you could be really useful having scissors for hands, but then like watching him try to do normal life tasks too, of like eating and, um, you know, starts to get adjusted to being around other people. And like, you know, they're like, well, do you know how to shave? Do you know how to do this? And, um, seeing all the different hairstyles he creates too in the bushes. It was just so cool that like, I had always wished I lived in a town where people would trim their bushes the way that he trimmed everything at everybody's house and like the crazy hairstyles he'd do. I just, I didn't know why as a kid, like why am I not seeing women with these hairstyles all over town? Because this is fabulous. Um, <laughs> but it just, it just hits nostalgia for me. So I, I do watch it every year and think it's just a beautifully written movie. Um, even though it is a little more on the sad side. Yeah, I, not not one I return to as far as a Christmas movie, but I think it's I think it would be we would really be uh, lagging here if we didn't at least mention that we're two very loyal Tim Burton lifetime fan members. That's true. <laughs> we have lifetime passes to the fan club. Um, Burton's our guy <laughs> in a lot of ways. But yeah, I I love that movie. I love that movie. I mean, Burton in general. We'll get into that later on. But uh, yeah, not one I return to every Christmas, but definitely a Christmas movie. Yeah, you know, that's one. They keep coming up with all these sequels 20 and 30 years later. That's when I'm surprised they haven't tried to do a sequel for yet. Because that they realistically could do one for that, given the way it ended. Um, you know, I... Wouldn't mind seeing that one come back at some point. Um, some I mean, of these Burton's ones got Beetlejuice two coming. I know, I know. So maybe. Yeah, I'm so he's not he's not opposed up. to a sequel. <laughs> yeah, you might have to write into the fan. You might, as a loyal fan club member, you might have to write in on that one. Where's Where's <laughs> Scissorhands two? Well, that can awesome. actually that can carry over kind of into my number seven. <laughs> Get Another chi childhood classic from the 90s, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, that's another one that I watch more towards the start because it kind of spans the realm of Halloween and Christmas. And, you know, I've heard people debating before, is this a Halloween movie? Is this a Christmas movie? And I'm like, it, it's just both. Just let it be both. It's it both. doesn't have to be let defined be as one or the other. They say the Nightmare Before Christmas, but they have Christmas in the movie. And it's, you know, it's very focused on Halloween Town, learning how to have Christmas. Um, yeah. And the music of that, that animated film is just so good. That's Perfect. another one, too, that, you know, is much shorter than I thought it was. Not 25 minutes, but, but it, right. I don't think it even reaches the hour and a half mark. It's, it's much shorter than I thought. It gets in and gets out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just such a, such a well done movie. The, the music that's part of it, just the the drawing of it, you know, it's that still that raw old animation stencil where people were still drawing by hand, um, but starting to get a little bit more over into the digital animation side of things. Um, the characters in Great it are animation. just all fun. Um, yeah, it has that nice little, for somebody like me who's really into spooky season, it has that nice little dark crossover into Christmas. Yep. I just, uh, we went to uh, we just got back from our Disney trip, as you know, and uh, we have to have wear uh, bands on our wrist. And the one I picked out was a Jack Skellington band. Um, yeah. Another one. Also, 30 year re-release in theaters now. I know it's crazy. 30 year re-release 1993. 
that's yeah. Animation still holds up, still looks great. Songs are perfect. It's that's a that's a all time classic. Well, how about you, Scott? What was your number seven? Seven. All right. A little bit of a curveball, I guess. Um, 1960s Billy Wilder classic, The Apartment. You ever seen The Apartment? No. What's that? Not all time classic. Just in in movies in general. Um, Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. Okay. Um, I, I I got onto this movie late, but this was also one of those movies that like when I was a teenager, I used to be obsessed with like TCM and watching a lot of the old movies and a lot of these movies would be on there. And I'm like, man, they, some of the acting's terrible. I'm like, this acting sucks, but you're so used to watching what you're used to watching that you're like, is that really how they acted? And then you start, you know, as you get more into movies, you're like, you start learning more about like why these movies are that, why they were made that way and with the acting styles and the filmmaking styles and, you know, the different eras and it just becomes, you know, intriguing and, you know, it just, it's great. And, and I, this movie won five Academy Awards. I mean, I don't know how many Christmas movies like on the surface of being a Christmas movie can say they have like multiple Oscars. But again, this is probably another one of those movies that it was, wasn't made to be a Christmas movie. It also spans New Year's. Um, not one I return to every year because it's not really ever streaming, but it's also playing with like some heavy weighted themes. I mean, for the most part, you know, it's a Jack Lemon or, uh, you know, yeah, Jack Lemon, you know, plays a guy who's, you know, trying to climb the corporate ladder and he sublets his apartment to his greasy boss and who wants to have like affairs in his apartment. And he thinks that's his way huh. to kind of climb the ladder. And Shirley MacLaine is, you know, it's dealing with loneliness and it's a movie about capitalism and being just awful and crippling to employees and trying to, it's really about three lonely people. You know, they're all trying to find somebody and find something. Um, but there's like talk of suicide and there's lonely people and, and sometimes they have those heavy weighted themes find their way into Christmas movies because it could be a lonely, sad time for people. It could also be, mm-hmm. you see the highs and lows of it where it's, really fun and there's presents and there's gifts and it's a lot of money and, but there's a ton of stress around it. And that movie highlights all of those things perfectly. And Jack Lemon is just incredible. One of the greats, Shirley MacLaine, one of the greats. So this is definitely one of those ones. that's like, I'm definitely not, you know, Christmas Eve. And I'm like, wow, I'm so happy it's Christmas Eve. Let me fire up the apartment. But there's also a lot of charm and a lot of sweet scenes and moments in the movie where, it's it's great for the holidays. It's a fun, it's it's not a fun watch, but it is kind of fun to watch for those aspects of it. But if you want to say every year, yeah, you know, let's fire up the four or five great Christmas movies, you're not going to fire up the apartment. But it's definitely one that should be watched. Everybody should see the apartment. No, um, I definitely need to check that one out now. I've never seen it's it. It's great. It's great. It's got it's it's got like I said, it's got a lot of highs, a lot of lows. Like it's got some sad moments, dealing with some weighty thing themes. But I I love it. It's. Again, not going to go back to it every year, but I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, that's my seven. The Apartment, Billy Wilder, in the bag. Well, why don't you carry on? What was your number six? All right. Our fan club membership is really paying off on this one. <laughs> um, Batman Returns. Ah! Scott, that's my number six, too. 1992, Whoa. Tim Burton. Oh, my goodness, we matched. <laughs> 
No, I, listen, I, I thought it'd be a while. I knew we'd have some crossover. I wasn't sure if we would have the exact same number for that movie, but here we are. So we can both equally talk about <laughs> our love of not only Batman, but once again, Tim Burton speaking of sequels to his own movies. Um, just watched the uh, 89 Batman this morning. True story. Nice. Um, but Batman Returns. I mean, another one that like, Maybe better than 89. Maybe a more favorite. We'll maybe talk about that at another time, but another time. Let's, <laughs> another. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Um, I mean, yeah, what's not to love? The gothic set design. Michelle Pfeiffer, just thank you for that casting choice as beautiful. A young, a young growing boy growing up in the 90s. Michelle <laughs> Pfeiffer, just incredible. Danny, Danny DeVito, just disgusting. I, I, yeah, Christopher Walk, Christopher Walken, just being Christopher Walken is just a grease ball and just a great villain. I mean, it's and it's overwhelmingly a Christmas movie. This is another one I probably watched a hundred times growing up, and I was just like, yeah, it's got a Christmas tree and it's got a this, but it's like it's a Christmas movie. I mean, mm-hmm. it is snowing all the time. There's like multiple lighting ceremonies where a lovely, nice, lovely woman gets dropped on the on the uh the, the launch button you got the red what the uh the red triangle gang members being shot out of christmas presents into the tree chaos breaking out presents flying snow everywhere just that dark burton winter darkness and it's undoubtedly a christmas movie i i mean we share our love for this anyways but as a christmas movie Every year. And I will say, too, I don't know if everybody does this, but another one I love watching at Halloween. Yeah. I So I've been in a binge mood lately, and I don't know why. So, like, I've, I've recently marathoned all the Jaws movies. Um, I'm just starting to get ready to marathon uh, the Batman movies. I started with the, the Adam West movie because have to. I just – I love that still. Got to um, do it. But – and I think that actually is what made me want to watch Jaws is the whole shark scene out of that. But – now I'm starting to dive yeah. back in, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be starting with my uh, Michael Keaton Batman movies here this week. Um, but yeah, Batman Returns for me, same thing. You know, it carries over from that darker season to this. I love Tim Burton. Um, you know, spoiler alert for our listeners: we are gonna do an actual Batman episode at one point because that's pretty much something that Scott and I realized we both had in common very early on. Um, which Been working is towards where our, our whole life. Started, <laughs> um, but. Batman Returns and Michelle Pfeiffer, even even as a young girl, you know, I, um, you know, that's another thing to get into, too. Like, is Catwoman a villain? Is she not a villain? I've never viewed Catwoman as a villain. I've always saw her as like, you know, that that strong, independent woman that was like a great role model to watch growing up because she could handle herself. And, you know, as a kid who grew up in the late 80s and 90s, that wasn't something we saw as often. It was usually like, you know, a man saves the woman so you know having this woman come out and is like you know like she gets thrown through the window and then you know has all these cats which i love cats too um got a thing about those stray cats (laughs) but (laughs) you know it just yeah just like seeing her come out and just be this powerful woman that she was it just you know i i was just enthralled with her um and to me she she owned that movie she stole the she stole that movie um danny devito yes was great gross um always have a soft spot for michael keaton and christopher walken but for me 
Michelle Pfeiffer owned it. That that's that's Take, a Catwoman movie. Yeah, that's a cat. Yeah, I, it's just in <clears throat> her coming back to the apartment after the cat's nibbling on her and mm-hmm. smashing the neon lights and making the suit and then hitting the town. It's just like lights out. Like it's just <laughs> like you you can't you can't get better than that. And then you know you get to see a lot of like the behind the scenes where she's like doing practicing the whip and like the lore there where she like nailed it. Yeah, on like one of the first or two takes where she took like all the mannequin heads off and it was like, I'm like sign me up. That movie, I just watch that. I can watch that movie any time of the year, but gr- I mean, really, really, truly, a Christmas movie, and that is a recurring theme for Burton. I mean, he makes those winter Christmas movies. I mean, he's he's got a couple in the bag, and um, this was not a popular. I mean, it was a popular movie. It did. I mean, huge numbers. It was Batman, but this was famously like the reason he probably didn't do three because I Warner brothers was like, dude, that's dark. That's really gross. There's people getting their nose bit off. There's like yeah, a very so explicit malanat or a female anatomy joke in there with the penguin in her. And it's like, you're like, they, people were taking their kids to these movies and like walking out. And again, shout out to the early nineties. Like they were just making these movies or they're like, you want to go see a fucked up dark winter Christmas movie with Batman. There you go. Here's Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. I mean, and I was like, you know, I'm glad they did it. It's that era though, too. Like, I feel like that's how all the movies were. Like, I remember like mm-hmm. watching some, some movies and being like, that gore is like weird, gross. Like, why is it just weird, gross? Whereas then it get, you got more into the slasher films as you got into late nineties, early two thousands, where it was more about like the thriller side of it. But before that, like late eighties, early nineties, it was all about the like weird, weird gore and it's just what people were into yeah. in that gothic era yeah and i'm sure we both watched it as kids and i mean being like i remember being like seven or eight you know watching it after because in 92 i don't think i saw it in 92 i might have i was like it was like six but i might i honestly i might have saw it around then but i remember being like a younger kid and seeing it and being like he just bit that guy's nose and it's just gut bl- blood gushing everywhere i'm like wow and it's like for a mainstream Batman movie geared towards kids. You could see why they were like, you know what? Maybe we need like a brighter Joel <laughs> Schumacher Batman, which didn't work out well for anybody, but yeah. Batman returns. Absolutely love that. That's just, that's, I'm, I'm glad we, I, I kind of figured you'd have that on your list. The fact that we both had it in the same spot is just, yeah. again, our fan club is our fan club <laughs> memberships really paying off. Um, uh, what's well, your five <laughs> to take it on a little bit more of a lighter note um, post, you know, I just realized I clustered a lot of Tim Burton all in one area. Um, my number five is also a classic. Um, it is one that uh, I used to watch a lot with my family when, when I was younger. Um, you can pretty much spout the whole movie word by word Christmas vacation. It just the vacation movies, th- this one, this one, you know, so, so, watching it as I get older, like it still, it still holds up. Like it doesn't make me laugh as much as it did when I was a kid. Um, probably just because I know what's coming every single second of this, of the movie. Still, still funny. Yeah. Still funny. Um, you know, it has iconic scenes. It has Chevy chase, um, you know, back when he was still in his funny days and just everything about it. Randy Quaid, Randy Quaid for me, like is the one that still makes me laugh every time I watch that movie. Um, I just, I, I love him. He, he cracks me up and he's, I think he's one of those actors too, that is underrated, like with how good of an actor he is because he can play 
roles like he did in that, but then be somebody as serious as he was in Independence Day. And I just I think he's a great, well-rounded actor. Um, he comes for the role and he 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 knows he knows the job. He knows what he's got to do no matter what the role is. Owns it. Um, Completely owns it. But yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things, too, where it's like it, it really does. It, it mocks what Christmas is like with a chaotic family. But um, somebody who, you know, uh, in my younger days, we had a very big family and there was all these different Christmas places you had to go to. And it was chaos like that. And, you know, people, some you, you never knew who was getting along with who, what year. And so this was just great to, you know, just like see it all in place and be like, yep, yep that that person matches that person and that person matches that person and it's just there <laughs> all-time classic um yeah another one that's just on if you got on, if you have cable it's on every year if you, it's since on streaming it's always on one of the streaming services on the holidays <laughs> watched it a hundred times maybe one of the funniest va- in the vacation series out of this especially out of the chevy you know not the yeah. remakes but out of the chevy ones could be one of the funniest i know I would agree. Regular vacation is probably the most beloved or at least the iconic, but Christmas, I don't know. It's creeping <laughs> up there. It, it's There's no misses in that movie. Everything that comes out of their mouths is hilarious. Yeah. Well, how about hilarious. you? What was your number five? All right, number five. I won't say too much about it because it was one of yours, but it was uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. So I won't yeah. go too much in it, but just to say again that just yeah, animation still holds up. Tim Burton, Henry Selleck. I mean, yeah, it's just like there's movies now that come out animated that look like garbage. And this looks incredible. <laughs> like like we said, we it gets in, it gets out. It's short. It's quick. I showed it to the little one. She thought it was awesome. It still has that dark, whimsical aspect to it. The songs are great. You know, Mayor of Halloween Town. Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, again, just a guy trying to find the true meaning of Christmas. I love it. It's it's uh, you really can't do much better than that. And I think movies like that hold up because, again, like they're having the 30 year re-release. And if a movie doesn't have a place. And it's not held to that standard or it doesn't keep people don't keep coming back to it. It's not getting a re-release. Nobody's talking about it. And I think in the years, you know, since when you get a ton of Pixar and you get jankier animated movies they just some just some are great and some just don't hold up and you watch this and you're like that's 30 years old that still looks incredible it sounds incredible the characters are great it's and yeah definitely when i watch 50 50 halloween rolls up i'm like it's a halloween movie but around christmas i'm like it is a christmas movie you can watch it twice it's fine you can watch it twice you can watch (laughs) it both months holds up well, what was um, your number four, Scott? My number four, another all-timer classic in the true sense of the word classic. Frank Capra's 1946, It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. Another movie that young me saw on TCM. It was like, that sucks. It's in black and white. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just don't care. You don't know any better. You're like, that's an old person movie. And, you know, as you start aging and you get in older and you start appreciation you know start appreciating the movies more and you start realizing what those movies are about and how they were made and you know frank capper is obviously like one of the best and having jimmy stewart in it and donna reed or all timers and they're just incredible 
another one that plays with heavy themes. You know, he's a guy losing his mind and has a guardian angel that has to save him from himself. And he's kind of down on his luck and lost all hope. And you contemplate suicide and what like, yeah, he, they have to show him what his life would be without him. And yeah, has to makes him appreciate it. Realizes, you know, all he needs is his family during Christmas. And that that's really the most important thing is being together and, another movie that had five Academy award nominations. And yeah, it's just like, you know, for like that, like it just goes above a Christmas movie. It's an all time classic movie and is considered as much, but you know, you touched on it with the, you know, the in vacation with like the families and stuff. And that was my upbringing. I had two big families on each side. We always went to both always chaotic, always hectic. But at the end of the day, a lot of, the memories of those and those get togethers and it just comes down to people being together. And they, um, I don't think a movie shows that lesson any better than this. I mean, my Christmases were loaded with young kids, tons of presents that you couldn't even see over. And, (laughs) and it was fun, but it was, obnoxious you know and that's not what it's really about and i think i think it's good too because you watch a movie like this now and me watching it as an adult with a small child and i think as i think our age group has gotten more into like being about moments and experiences instead of like material things and items a movie like this resonates even more because it's really just about being with the right people not the most amount of people and it's not about how can I go broke buying everybody in my family a gift? It's what are we doing? Where are we going? How much, you know, the time we're going to spend, what are we going to do during that time? And there's no better time to spend that than during Christmas. And another movie that I, I, I don't know. I I'm not a cable, you know, definitely a cord cutter in the last five years. Like we do not own cable anymore, but in the streaming services, I don't really see it on streaming much. I do own it, but if it's still on the TBS cycle i'm not sure but definitely one if people haven't watched they need to get on because it's i think it's, it's on it's amazon prime movie. i think could you can get if you have prime yeah could be um yeah another one of those ones that i probably don't return to every year because it is a little heavier but definitely one of my favorite christmas movies it's it's incredible i love it Scott, that just made me realize for a future episode, I think we need to do a top 10 classic what we watched on TCM black and white movies because like I grew up on that too. So I got a list. I'm sure I got a list. I'm sure I got a list somewhere and I'll have to I'll have to leave the apartment and uh, it's a wonderful life off of it because no. try to come up with a different list. But there'll, there'll be some crossover. There'll be oh, yeah. as we get going, there'll be some of these lists where some of these movies might make a second appearance. But <laughs> for the most part, it could pull it could pull some other ones out. Um, where are you at? You at number three? Number four. Um, your so, number four. Yeah. So my number four is another one of my nostalgic childhood classics that I rewatch every year. This is one that I I watch as it gets really close to Christmas or you know Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Um, I it's the Santa Claus with uh Tim Allen. I. Sure. I'm not a fan of two and three, but that first one, I love that movie. It is. I love the play on words with claws. It's so funny. Um, I I love what it you know that Tim Tim 
uh, has to become Santa Claus and why he has to become Santa Claus. What happens like Santa falling off your roof and you read this clause. Now you put on the suit. Now you're the clause. And, um, you know, watching him as his year progresses and like turning into Santa Claus is just so funny to watch this like business exec become Santa and like the SC. And he's like, oh, well, my name is Scott Calvin. I got this from my Denny's waitress. And his ex-wife is like, wait, what? And just like, I don't know. Everything about that movie makes me laugh. And um, I remember as a kid watching him eat that monstrous hot fudge sundae with extra hot fudge. I always crave a hot fudge sundae now. Every time I watch that scene in the office and he's like, I just want to eat a whole bowl of hot fudge whenever I watch it. Um, but no, but this movie is so good and it's just such a, a great play on Santa Claus and like, the, you know, how, how does somebody become Santa if you want to be Santa someday, what you have to do. Um, and, and yeah, just like, you know, him trying to bond with his son throughout it and just what it means with Christmas. And I I really liked it. And, you know, it, it, it touches on a little bit of like, when adults start to stop believing and what that means, you know, I think that happens in elf too. Like, you know, when people stop believing, sure. You know, the spirit yep. goes away, the spirit of Christmas. And so getting people to believe again um, from adulthood and childhood, I just, I just, I just love this movie all the way around. And um, just like the play in music too. Like there's like such good, good songs that play through it, not just Christmas music, but you know, they throw in a little bit of rock and roll in there too. And uh, I just, it's just epic. Uh, the hot cocoa too. I've always wanted to know what that elf's recipe of hot cocoa was. Um, I, I I don't know. I would love to figure out what that perfect hot cocoa is because it's I have not found it yet. <laughs> another another great uh, food movie. Yes. Some good food choices in there. I'm so food motivated. It just spills out everywhere. Yeah, a great one. Really charming. Um, definitely one that finds its way into the rotation again every year. It's you know. <laughs> Kids love it. Adults love it. It was creative for sure. Creative for sure. It, uh, yeah, I like that one. The Santa Claus. Yeah. Can't say the same for the sequels. Tough times. I tried. I really some, some, tried. Some to sequels like them. don't need to be made. No, but I, I rewatch that first one every year, but it, I won't spoil like certain other ones, but like it, it's happened with other things too, where like, you know, the first one's great and the rest is kind of like, oh, you can stop at some point here. Another option of uh, top tens, top ten bad sequels. <laughs> AK, you didn't have to do that. Oh, Nobody asked for that. Keep growing. <laughs> that might be a that might be the first top 20 we do. Nobody asked for that sequel. It might please have to be four please don't make that again. Long, Scott. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a it'd be a two-part episode. Please don't make that movie again. You didn't need nobody asked for that. Um I'm actually, so I'm going to dive into my third one too, because you've already talked about it a little bit. So this will be a little quick. Um, but my third sure, is how the, how the Grinch Stole Christmas. And I, Perfect. so I tie the uh, animated one from our childhood to the live action one with Jim Carrey. Um, because to mm -hmm. me, that's kind of like, a, it's almost like a retelling of the story, but it's a prequel origin story to the Grinch too, which is why I do enjoy the live action one as well. Um, I, re I just really like the backstory of how the Grinch became the Grinch and, you know, showing that the, the who's aren't always the most friendliest to people that you once thought they were. Um, but and and the girl who plays Cindy Lou Who in that is just amazing. Um, the music in it's amazing. The song Where Are You Christmas? That's become just an iconic Christmas song. Um, I, I I love that song. That's in my 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 winter queue every time. Um, I just I, I think it was a very well done movie for a live action version of Grinch, which when it first came out, I was very hesitant about it. 
Um, but I do, I do tie them together just because it almost to me is like, oh, okay, this is kind of like a prequel to that 25 minute, like, all right, this is why the Grinch yeah, does sure. this thing that he does. It's because people were a bit not so friendly to the Grinch back in the day and making fun of him for what he, what he was. And, you know, now, now he's getting his comeuppance and he's going to teach that town a lesson, but then, you know, realizes like, oh, hey, I actually am part of Whoville and Cindy Lou Who, thank you. Um, and the dog. The dog is always so cute in both the animated and the live action. So um, I'm, I'm very, I love pets. So the pets get me every time. <laughs> yeah, that that was probably one that's, I think, I think that one has started to grow in estimation because I know when it like came out, it was probably considered a little clunky. It was like, <laughs> that's Jim Carrey, but that's not great. Or it was weird. And I, I remember when it came out at the time, I was like, that's a no for me, dog. But I was like, I'm glad they tried. And then I over the past probably three or four years, especially once I got on like Letterboxd and you see like the rabid fandom of some people with certain movies that just didn't kind of hit. But people are like, no, that's my movie. But it's th- another one that's still always in the rotation. Still fun, still has his moments. And honestly, like. I think that's kind of crawling back up where people are like, no, actually that was probably better than we thought it was. Like it's, it's not, it's not as, I don't think it, I don't think it has a, I think it's gotten a better rap than it did when it came out. Yeah. And you know, to me, so I love the Ace Ventura movies. Those ones are still that like stupid funny that I don't know why Mm -hmm. it makes me laugh as much as it does, but it really makes me laugh. Um, my college roommate and I would actually every Friday watch The Price is Right and Ace Ventura and eat Chinese food. And like that was our thing because we just we don't know what it was about those movies. But to me, the How the Grinch Stole Christmas, it, it's basically just Ace Ventura dressed up in a Grinch costume is how I picture it. Like it's just the exact same person. And I think that's why it's a good way to put I it. enjoy it as much as I do, because it's just like that. He's just being ridiculous and he's being silly and it's something that you can laugh at. Um, there's some, you know, adult humor mixed in with kid humor and it just, it runs well. If, if I'm going to put you on the spot, if it wasn't Jim Carrey, who would have been better doing that? Ooh. Cause honestly, I feel like Jim Carrey was probably the best choice. He was to do something like that. I don't really know who else could have done that where it wouldn't have been, it might like, if like if a Tim Curry did that, it'd be like too scary. <laughs> and then if like, if, uh, I mean at that time for comedy purposes, like, and that's the thing, like, I can't even think, like, even, like, you know, and there's a mm-hmm. 30 comedy actors you could think of, but it's like, Jim Carrey seemed like the guy to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I loved Robin Williams, but I think he was too lighthearted to do that. And, I mean... Or it would have just been really crazy. Yeah, I mean, taking it back, you know, maybe Eddie Murphy would have been good at it. I think he could have maybe pulled it <laughs> he off. He could have been. Um but yeah, otherwise you're right. Like I think it would be it's it's really tough to pick somebody that could have fit that. Michael My- or yeah, Michael Myers. Mike Myers is, you know, he was he's funny too in his own stupid comedy way, but I don't think he would have played that he role. He, he he's better for Shrek. He's like that perfect yeah, fit for Shrek. Yeah. Whereas Jim Carrey True. was definitely the right fit for that. Right. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um all right, I'll go into my number 3. Yeah. Um I'll just touch on a little bit more because it was already one of yours, which was Christmas vacation had to be in the top three. Couldn't, (laughs) couldn't live with myself if it wasn't. That's just like, you know, again, it was 1989. So it was like coming out of the eighties when comedies, again, another thing where it's like, aside from Christmas, that movie is just hilarious. (laughs) 
everything is hilarious. John Hughes was my guy. He wrote it. John Hughes was like lights out in the eight, probably arguably had one of the best decades of anybody between written and directed. Um, yeah, like you said, Randy Quaid, shitters full, <laughs> hilarious lines, Griswold family chaos, you know, the tur or, uh, you know, the dry Turkey, just puffing air, the in-laws and the blessing. And yep. I, it's just like, everything is funny in that movie, you know, Merry Christmas. Holy shit. I mean, how many times have you said that? Like <laughs> just when you just can't, you need to take a breath. Um, the tree with the bend early over. Julia Louis Dreyfus too. <laughs> The bend over, I'll show you. Yeah, early, early Julia Louis Dreyfus, who was just awesome yeah. as like kind of like the shithead next door yep. neighbor. Um, yeah, I mean, there's really not much to be said about much more about Christmas Vacation. That's like just, just excellent, <laughs> excellent movie. Um, all right, yeah, I'll go right into my uh, number two. All right, go for it. All timer. 1990, Chris Columbus, written by John Hughes, Home Alone. Like, what are we doing, yeah, right? Buddy. That's my number two. <laughs> no, number two, number two, Home Alone. Again, right to piggyback off of Christmas Vacation, written by John Hughes. John Hughes. John Hughes, like, just real quick, like, John Hughes is 80s, like, other, you know, aside from, like, Pretty in Pink and The Breakfast Club and, um, he wrote Christmas Vacation and then just was like, yeah, also I'll write Home Alone, like all time Chicago guy. Just written, directed by John Hughes throughout the 80s is just you go and check that list and it's just like home run after home run. And um, yeah, I mean, great Macaulay Culkin just blasted Macaulay Culkin into like the stratosphere. Like I just like couldn't imagine being that age at that time. And being like a megastar of like, I mean, that movie made like a billion dollars. Like, it's just crazy. Um, I think it's funny that Joe Pesci was coming off of like Goodfellas. Oh, yeah. And, and there was a lot of like the chatter on set that like they could have made an R rated Home Alone because Joe Pesci just couldn't stop swearing. So it's which is why in the movie you just hear him doing like the fresha fresha fresha. That's like all he's doing because he's just trying so hard not to like just drop f bombs in front of like an eight year old. <laughs> um, Daniel Stern just super underrated as ju just physical comedy. Yeah, like when you really like and we were just talking about Jim Carrey, right? Like one of the kings of physical comedy, contorting himself, the faces, just the voice. Daniel Stern was just crushing that. I mean, he. It's just, he, he looks like he's nine feet tall. <laughs> he's got four different voices throughout the movie. He's yelling, he's screaming, he's flopping. He's just a complete doofus. And it just works perfectly. Like, you, it's even weird to look back and think, Joe Pesci, the guy from Casino and Goodfellas, is like just the bad guy in Home Alone. Like, you never would have thought he would have do he would do that, knowing like what you know of Joe Pesci. But it's just top tier um another one that you know familiar faces Catherine o'hara obviously mm -hmm. people love now from identify with schitt's creek and you know katie loves schitt's creek and i know it's got popular but i'm never gonna see Catherine o'hara as anything other than kevin's mom <laughs> or potential or potentially the other one for me is in beetlejuice yes. 
Like that's where I'm catching her from. Cause I didn't watch Shit's Creek. I know, I know it's got like the cult following and it's been memed to death, but Catherine O'Hara is just iconic is just forgetting her kid twice. Iconic mom. Great mom. Iconic mom. You know what? She fucked up and she did everything she can to get <laughs> back. I mean, you can maybe argue she didn't, but you know, maybe she made some questionable choices going with John Candy on a, u-haul is it though i mean but, john uh, candy i would i would it, definitely go on a road trip gotta, with john candy <laughs> there could be a lot worse people to get into a van to than a polka player you know what i mean john candy just playing some polka tunes in the back can't be that bad i mean this was the 90s after all so i mean people were making those kind of sketchy decisions and just letting it go no map quest no gps just need a ride to get home to my kid and home alone did that and you know they made a sequel and I got to say too, Kieran Culkin, I'm not sure if you watched Succession, but Kieran Culkin seeing young him as young mm-hmm. Fuller who wets the bed, hilarious. Honestly, I'd like to believe that there's a there's a there's a universe that exists where Fuller just happens to be Roman on Succession. Okay. Cuz everything we everything we know of Roman on Succession and his childhood trauma, <laughs> nah, it would kind of it kind of fits the Fuller I wet the bed. I may be getting yelled at and potentially harmed as a child from Logan Roy on succession, but I mean, yeah, that's a funny callback just seeing that because, you know, you, you would have thought coming out of that movie that Macaulay Culkin is going to be the biggest star in the world and hit some tough times. And, but yeah, I also just saw that uh, he did a, he got a star mm-hmm. on the walk of fame and Catherine O'Hara was out there introducing him, which yeah. was just great for nostalgic us, <laughs> but yeah, home alone. Yeah. All timer. You- Can't, cannot go a December without watching it. You know, you've already hit a lot of it. So, you know, I'm just going to quickly say, too, it just it, I think it just came out at the right time for me because I was about that age of Kevin when that movie came out. So it was super relatable. Like it would just be like so cool to just wake up and like, yo, I can go buy mac and cheese. Like, this is great. Like, I'm just eating mac and cheese all day. This is fantastic. I'm going to go order pizza. And I, you know, I love pizza. Pizza is its own food group to me. Food motivated again. Um, but I feel like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Home Alone is what makes me eat as much pizza as I do. Um, But, you know, it it just was relatable in other ways, too. Like, you know, being somebody who has a younger sibling, you have that older sibling, Buzz, who is, you know, does things that, you know, should be getting punished for, but you can blame it on the little sibling and it's over with. And then, you know, like, oh, it's just a child. Like, the child must have done it. It wouldn't have been the, the older person that did it. So, you know, just being able to relate with it there and all the booby traps were just so funny. Um, I do kind of package deal Home Alone 1 and 2 together. So um, I do watch them back to back and like they just they it just feels like it really is a continuation of it. Um, And I remember actually so I had when the talk boy and talk girl came out, um, I wanted one so bad. But I my brother bought me the well, uh, yeah, my brother bought me the talk girl pen. Um, remember they had the little pen versions and I remember they got, uh, we weren't allowed to have those at school because you weren't allowed to record. And it just, it makes me laugh now to think about like every, uh, every kid carries a recording device on them at all times at this point with your phones. So, yeah. or your tablets. So, you know, it's just like, we weren't allowed to have those when I was a kid. And now it's like, you could be recorded any second of your life. Um, you know, involuntarily, not just voluntarily, like we're doing mm-hmm. now. Um, but yeah, I just I I just love those movies. Um, and, you know, Tim Curry in the second one, too, sells it for me a lot. I love Tim Curry. Awesome. Um, awesome. But yeah, they they just they're they're both such good movies. And the music in both plays very well. 
um, is that John Williams score in the first movie? Yeah, awesome. yeah, all the scenes that lead up to like you know the the iconic try to break into my house, bro. Like let's 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 let's, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I I love Joe Pesci as a kid too, and it just it's crazy that he can play somebody so scary, but then play somebody so funny like he does in Home Alone and My Cousin Vinny. It's like it's just all over the place. Yeah. So yeah, it it definitely fit well for my number two. That's yeah. two for us, Scott. Yeah, two uh, two out of ten. We I wonder what our number ones are gonna be. Um two matching up. You you wanna go with your number one or do you want me to Yeah, well, you know, um did you have any close calls that you know you almost added to this list? We don't have to dive deep into them, but were there any that you were thinking of that just you, you watch every year but just didn't make that top ten? Yeah, there, yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll go through a couple of them before we get into our number one. So I had I did have Trapped in Paradise, which, yeah. which we talked about, had to be on there. Um, Polar Express, more for the kid. It's weird, <laughs> like you know, weird faces. You know, we weren't quite there yeah. yet. Um, but you know, she loves it. It's Christmas. It's fun. Um, you know, obviously, like Miracle on Thirty Fourth mm-hmm. Street. Love the original Christmas Carol. Love the original. Um, another special. I mean, you could always do a Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah. Another TV special. Those are great. I did have Die Hard because I was like, that's I know that's a and that's in there now. Um, I will say one that was really hard to leave off this list, but I don't really want to give it. Maybe I'll give it after because I want to make sure I don't steal any of yours in case it's your number one i don't think it will be but um i'll leave a couple for after just so i don't <laughs> steal and if you want to give a few well it's okay you know we might do this list again another time so we don't have to give them all out um i'll just say a couple too you know like for sure. elf elf was one that you know i i do watch that every year just didn't make the top 10 um the one kind of like christmas romance comedy that does stick out to me is 12 dates of christmas um, I, that one does make me laugh. Um, so I do, I have started putting that in the rotation. Um, and, uh, what was the other one I was thinking of? Um, oh, uh, deck the halls and Christmas with the cranks. Those two, I do rewatch every year. Just watch Christmas. with Yeah. The cranks. Like they're, they're funny. They've really that's stuck fun. up to me. Yeah. That's um, fun. But they just, they just haven't, I, I don't think they've broke that barrier. The nostalgic ones have made for me at this point, but they, they are great movies, totally worth watching. And ones that um, I will rewatch every year still. Yeah. And I think those kind of came out around the same time as elf. Yeah, They're all kind of early two thousands, if I yeah. remember right. And like, I think elf kind of shot above those as far as the one that kind of had the staying power, but yeah, those are both two. two. <laughs> They're fun. All right, Scott. Number one. What's your number one? All right. I mean, it can only be one. <laughs> 1983, A Christmas Story. Okay. Okay. Listen, I think people, I think people, I, I'm going to, I'm going to guess. I, I'm going to say right now, I have nothing to back this up, but I get the sense that people just are sick of this movie. <laughs> you know, it, it's on the marathon. That's why. It's that's on the why. It, it, it could that could be why it could be why they play it 24 hours although i think they do that now with a christmas vacation as well it's on for like a marathon yeah but it's it, that's after that's but, post people started cutting cable so i think it didn't get to us sure. where like 
Christmas story when we were like, it was when I was a teenager, suddenly multiple channels played at 24 hours. So you, you, you know, flip, try to find a different Christmas movie and you couldn't, every channel was playing the same movie. So it was like, okay, I get it. This is a iconic Christmas movie, but I need to, I need to move. Yeah. Kind of, it kind of, yeah, it kind of got the treatment like, you know, you get like a new like song that comes out and you're like, that's a great song. And then the radio like plays it to death and you're like, fuck that song. <laughs> but I don't think that's really fair to a Christmas story. I, I, it's it's one of those things, again, it's like we talked about in the, when we first started recording was like, it's kind of all when you get stuff. And I mean, it's got Darren McGavin as a dad, which is just legendary asshole dads just yelling at the furnace and hating the neighbor's dogs and you know, the flat tire and the oh fudge and Melinda Dillon is the mom who's just one of the best like TV moms. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been on cable 24 hours of a Christmas story has been on cable for 20 plus years. And I think there's a reason they can do that because people are still watching it and it's got that staying power and it's got that, um, you know, it's set in the forties and it's got that like Midwest forties nostalgia of growing up and the Christmas and the winter and, um, you know, I had a newly released sequel that Peter Billingsley oh, did that yeah. we watched and it was good. Like it was fun. It wasn't, it's not going to be as iconic as the <laughs> first one, but it was fun to watch and it was fun to see that he did it. And it was, you know, kind of in that way, but yeah, I mean, this movie's got everything. It spawned a, you know, the oval teen. Mm-hmm. I did drink oval you know, cursing at your movie. parents, you know, it had the surgeon oval teen, the, the whole, like, how do you curse at mm-hmm. your parents? You know, it's got the, the, the soap poisoning and it's all that stuff still plays it's still funny it's still charming um you know the iconic leg lamp sticking the tongue to the pole yep there's just so many things it's like you if you were a kid growing up in a family and experienced christmas you can relate whether you're in the midwest the west the east coast you didn't have snow and i think that's it's like one of those movies that's like Every year I watch, I haven't really, I I know, like, I don't, again, I don't have cable, but like, it's always on. It's always, you can always stream it somewhere. I never get sick of it. And I will say, you know, there's some uh, connection here because as a man now who was once a young boy with horrible vision and big glasses, who was just always looking for the the right (laughs) toy, you know, Ralphie, it's like, I get it. You got it. You got to get the BB gun. It's like, you got to find the one toy that sits with you. It's like, who can't relate? Every kid wants that one toy. And you'll stop at nothing to get it. And I love this movie. It's like, I I probably on any given day could have flip-flopped like Christmas Vacation Home Alone in this movie as like a number one. Like, you know, kind of be one of those things where you're like, oh, maybe Home Alone's like number one. But if it's like the one that like kind of means the most or like, especially like when I saw it as a kid, I'm like, that's a kid who I was that kid. <laughs> I wasn't, you know, setting booby traps in my house for Roberts, like Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> and, you know, my, my families were chaotic and fun, but I don't know if, I don't know if I had a Clark Griswold. So yeah, Christmas story is just still holds up, still fun. I love it. it. It's the epitome of Christmas. I will give you, so I, I did take a break from that movie for a little while because of all the 24 hour streamings. I just, I couldn't. And I rewatched it again last year for the first time in probably a decade. And I liked it again. Um, it was very enjoyable. So I'm, I'm going to give it a shot again this year and see if it can start getting into my annual rotation now that it's not playing over and over and over and over. 
Um, but yeah. Um, okay. Well, so my number one, um, I'll just start it with, you know, I, I really love the different tellings of a Christmas Carol. Um, I love that there's been different spins taken on it. So, um, you know, I, I love a Muppet Christmas Carol. I'll rewatch that the start. It's, it's one of those where it's like, I've rewatched it as an adult and I'm like, okay, this, this isn't that great as it was when I was a kid, but I have to, it's, it's, it's nostalgic. It's there. It's short. Um, get through it. Uh, you know, the, the Jim Carrey animated one sticks out in my head too, because that's the first movie I ever saw in 3d in a movie theater. Um, so having the like snowfall on me and like Jim Carrey flying towards you and stuff, it was really cool. Um, so that one I, I rewatch every year, although it's not as great when it's not in 3d. Um, but the one that mm -hmm. really stands out to me that I, I have to watch every year is Scrooge with Bill Murray. I love that movie. And it's, it's just so cool to see a Christmas Carol being told within a Christmas Carol too. Um, and just, it, it sure. kind of has that, that Gothic vibe that like spooky vibe to it too, with the like, um, I don't know. Have you seen Scrooge Scott? Oh, okay. for sure. And did, that also had something that was nominated for an Oscar, right? Something in that movie was nominated? Oh, I don't know. I think so. I'll have to look that up. Go ahead. You talk about <laughs> it. I'll look it up. No, but I just, I, I love Bill Murray. Um, yeah, I was a big ghost per Ghostbusters person growing up. So Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, like anything they were in, I'd, I'd watch. Um, but I just love the way that the ghosts visit him. And just the, the way that the story is told and he's producing a show where they're trying to take a, uh, a Christmas Carol and they're trying to like make it more new age in the nineties where like Santa's coming in on this tank and people are about to, you know, go to war in the middle of a, <laughs> a Christmas Carol. And then there's these dancers that are going to come out. And it's just so ridiculous. Um, and you know, it's Bill Murray having to find the, the real meaning of Christmas all over again. And just, he just adds such great comical value to anything. And I love his brother is in like every movie he's in and always playing like some, some role that's, that's um, against Bill Murray. <laughs> so I just, I don't know that this movie is always, it's been my number one since I was a kid and it just, it's just great. So, yeah. So, so I just checked it out. Some connective tissue here. Um, it had a single nomination for best makeup and it lost to our guy Burton for wow. Beetlejuice. Yeah, I again another one that I've watched a bunch. I don't return to every year, but also uh, directed by Richard Donner, who's known to have another kind of uh, off kilter <laughs> Christmas movie in Lethal Weapon. Oh yeah, I forget about that one. I mean, what says Christmas more than a cocaine bust in a Christmas tree Mel lot? Gibson. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Richard Donner, Lethal Weapon. Yeah, so yeah, that's a uh, Scrooge. I mean, that and that's when Murray too is just he couldn't do no, no wrong. No, I was I was so into Bill Hilarious. Murray movies like that. He just he he's always been great. I I love watching Bill Murray. And he's kind of that guy. He's that Scrooge mm -hmm. guy. He's that like kind of always got the grumpy look. He's kind of you, you, you just assume he's kind of always in like a bad yeah. mood. He had the really great dry he's had that sarcasm reputation. too throughout the movie. Like you know his, his like usual like outbursts that he do where he like screams something, but he was so good yeah. at making it seem like. Like, okay, well, this is what I'm talking about. And you know what? Screw you, you're fired. Like, and it was just like, was very, just great. Just, he was so good in the role. And yeah, I, I love that movie. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, 
All right. So, I mean, do you want to throw any more honorable mentions out? And then maybe what we can do is like, we'll just, you can go back and list your top 10 and then I'll list my top 10. You want to throw some um, more honorables out? I think I out? got through my honorables, but if you have some you want to mention, go for it. Yeah, I got a couple more. Um, so the one I was thinking was one of the ones that came out. I want to say I didn't grab the year on it. I want to say it was like 2019. It was um, Klaus on Netflix. Okay. Animated movie. I don't know if you've uh-uh. seen this, but it's okay. incredible. And it is essentially about how Santa became Santa. And a guy's got to go to like the North Pole. And it's like a mail carrier and... I, I remember when this came out, I was like, oh, this is probably one of those like kind of just weird animated like Christmas movies. And like, we'll watch it. Fired it up. The parents love it. Kids love it. It's great. And it's like really well made. Great story. It's a creative spin on like a holiday movie. Like it's I don't really know any that have like really done that and done it like that. Well, that's a great one. Um, the other two are just and this will be this will be a theme because we personally will talk about our like weird picks for certain things. And we have our, like our areas that are more of like in our wheelhouse of the movies we like to watch, but a more twisted Christmas movie is a uh, eyes wide shut. Stanley Kubrick's eyes yeah. wide shut, which is really, really depraved for a Christmas movie, but it is undoubtedly set during Christmas. Yeah. And uh, sad Tom Cruise walking on New York streets during Christmas until he gets into some shenanigans. <laughs> but uh, Eyes Wide Shut, a weird pick for Christmas, but it's a Christmas movie. And then the other one I actually really like a lot, and it's a great movie, is um, Carol by Todd Haynes, directed by okay. Todd Haynes, Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. Two women that have to like kind of quietly fall in love in a department store during the holidays um, because it's the 50s. Mm. Yep. <laughs> great movie. Great, great movie. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think you, you talked about the adaptations of A Christmas Carol. Um, I did have the Santa Claus down, not the sequels. <laughs> Home Alone 2, obviously, we packaged. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of... That's kind of it for Christmas movies. You want to rifle, you want to go down your top 10? Then yeah, all is fine. Um, we'll, we'll close it up. So yeah, so if you're interested in watching any of these, uh, Amy's top 10, 10 was Die Hard, 9 was Trapped in Paradise, 8 was Edward Scissorhands, 7 was The Nightmare Before Christmas, 6 was Batman Returns, 5 is Christmas Vacation, 4 is The Santa Claus, 3 is How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the live action one, Uh, Two is the package deal of Home Alone 1 and 2. And number one is the retelling of A Christmas Carol, Scrooged. Great list. Um, Yeah, so my number 10, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, TV special. Number nine, Elf. Number eight, Eddie Murphy, All-Timer, Trading Places. Number seven is The Apartment. Number six, Burton Gang, Batman Returns. (laughs) Yeah. Number five, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Number four, It's a Wonderful Life. Number three, Christmas Vacation. Number two, Home Alone. And number one, Ralphie, Christmas Story. <laughs> yeah, well. So that's our top 10 for, uh, that's our top 10 for Christmas. Um, real quick, what do we got? What do we got next? Well, um, because it is December and, you know, one of us is very big in Christmas season. Uh, we're going to stick a little bit of a theme for this next one. And we're going to do top 10 Christmas songs. 
Scott, I know you got a secret. I'm looking forward oh, yeah. to hearing about yeah. Yeah. <laughs> your... Got a hot take. Got a hot take for Christmas songs that will definitely come out. Probably before. Actually, I, I might save that one for after Ooh. the list because I, I told you personally that I think I think if I said, "Here's my take on Christmas music," before it'll give away a good <laughs> chunk of my list or why my list is the way it is. Yeah. So one thing, uh, you know, this is our first episode, everyone. And one thing I'll add is just that Scott and I have decided that we are not sharing our lists ahead of time, which is, you know, a big reason why we were surprised about our number six and number twos. Um, we're also going to exactly. be surprised on what each other's lists are. Um, so yeah, we won't be sharing any of this ahead of time. So I am going to be living in suspense as well to figure out Scott, Scott's Christmas music ordeal. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we yeah, we're going to keep we're going to keep some of it. We're not going to always like we'll we'll talk and have those conversations, but if there's like some hot takes or some obscure picks and a lot of that stuff's going to be kept just for just for the podcast. Makes it more fun. All right, well, keeps the surprises in there. Thanks. Thanks Scott. Thanks for listening with us everyone. I'm Amy. I'm Scott. This is Ranked. <laughs> <laughs>